Hey everyone, this week we're talking with Imogen. We discuss her work on rose-colored, experimenting without thinking about the end product, and her news of joining the Ivers Academy, where they're doing uh, really important work with bringing more diversity to the arts. Proceeds from this song's sales through Bandcamp are going to the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund. Here's our talk. I want to let you know um, that just absolutely, I I think yours was the first one to come across to us, like uh, when people were working on it. Is that, I feel like that's right, right? right? Yeah, it was definitely one of the earlier ones. It was either, yeah, but man, I remember so distinctly sitting down and listening to it for the first time. And it was just so engaging and interesting and lovely it just struck me so much on the first time listening through and i think brian and i talked about it when you thought like man just the decisions even like even the mix of it (laughs) which is so cool there are just so many like really original cool thoughts and and moves put in here i would love just to hear a little bit about your process and working with this song and kind of where you took it because you really took it in a really interesting fresh direction i'd love to hear a little bit about your process yeah sure well i'm extremely glad that you both like it so much <laughs> uh it definitely was a bit of a nerve-wracking moment pressing that send button um but yeah i mean process wise before I, before today before sitting down with you guys i I thought like oh, they're gonna ask me about the process <laughs> and the process <laughs> very very much was um was quite a lot of trial and error really now you look at me lost here another beautiful mind is changing um you know I got, I got hold of the stems, and of course I, I loved the song to begin with anyway. Um, and getting hold of the stems was kind of like uh, getting hold of little, I don't know, delicate little creatures that I just needed to be really careful with, because it really felt like each stem was so personal. Because um, mm. there's a lot in there. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of sounds. Uh, there's this one stem that I remember literally called nostalgia um, and <laughs> and it had yeah. like a bit of a, a music box thing going on it sounded like um kids playing um, yeah. and so i just felt like there was a lot of emotional weight in each stem and i was like i'm really gonna have to be careful here because i want to handle them delicately and with as much respect as possible um so i kind of just went in with that mindset really um i spent quite a bit of time just sitting with each stem and really like um, just listening really and not much doing Um, because really I mean this was quite new territory for me as well like I haven't um, I've never released anything that I've fully produced and mixed by myself Um, so this was this was quite new territory for me and wow amazing challenge smashed it you absolutely (laughs) killed it i mean thank you for taking the risk um (laughs) could could have gone horribly wrong but um (laughs) yeah so i kind of yeah i approached it with more in more of a kind of i guess 
emotional aspect first before I got onto the technical side of things, um, which is really like how I do most of my writing. Um, right. Yeah, which I, I guess kind of <laughs> it's a good thing and a bad thing because it could take you know a long time for me to be like okay my vibes are ready you know <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> but, um, get the vibes ready yeah I'm, yeah yeah <laughs> I could certainly feel it you know I could feel it upon listening to what you sent over um and I remember getting um you know t- uh, Tom talking to Ruth Tom at, at mm. talking to your manager and and he was like, yeah, she's, you know, open to any like suggestions or anything like that. And Brian and I were both like, no, no, <laughs> nothing. I, it doesn't need another, ma- like everything feels, it felt, it, it, it's funny that you say that just like finding the stems was so personal mm-hmm. and listening to those because it felt like what we got in return was also very personal. Like you had really brought a lot of your, yourself yeah. into into the rework that you did um, and really took the song and, and really owned it and made it like your own in a really interesting way. Um, do you feel like you were, did you, does, does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah. And do you feel like there was like a personal connection for you when working on the song? Yeah, there really was. I, I guess it, it came from a, like a load of different avenues. Cause of course, um, I kind of, I was asked to do this like just before uh, lockdown. Right. And so I was actually in the middle of full on lockdown when I, when I really went in on the track. And so I, although I already felt this really personal connection with, um, with the lyrics, it was also the whole process was gonna be a really personal one because it was like gonna be a formative journey whatever came out because I'd never really done anything like this before so I feel like kind of just by accident I I put a lot of myself in there because there was no other alternative for me you know <laughs> um, yeah um, yeah if that makes sense um, yeah yeah no it definitely makes sense sort of like a uh, you know whenever you stride into new waters you sort of have to dive fully in because there's not a lot of exactly and and i did dive fully in i mean my housemates didn't see me for like a week i just <laughs> i and, and it's funny because actually when i listen to it now um with a bit of hindsight it's it it literally is like a sonic depiction of exactly what was going on at that time in my room mm-hmm. you know it's like mm-hmm. really quite dark i remember the week the weather that week was just horrible and we weren't leaving the house it was quite a, like a somber time and like you know, with all due respect, the song is quite a somber song. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it just, I can really hear, you know, me sitting in the dark in my room, uh, really focused in, kind of only coming up for air every so often. Um, <clears throat> so it really is just kind of like an amalgamation of, of everything that was going on at that time as well. I'm interested, you said that you, this is sort of the first time you had done something that you produced, mixed all, all through. I'd love to know a little bit more about um, just your kind of journey so far in music and how, kind of how you got started and, yeah. and uh, you know, the steps along the way would be great to, to hear about. Sure, sure. Um, so I, I'm from Newcastle, north of England. Um, and that's kind of where I I started out I've always loved music always been surrounded by it Um, you know my granddad was like an entertainer in working men's clubs in Newcastle Um, so it's always kind of been there 
Um, and my parents have always been hugely encouraging, which I'm really, you know, I understand I'm extremely privileged to have had that. And so from a young age, they really kind of encouraged me to get involved and they, um, they paid for, for music lessons. Um, and so I, I was classically trained as a singer um, from quite young. Um, and yeah, and then I just kind of like was always in music circles. And then at the age of kind of 14, 15, I'd been doing a bit of gigging with like with a band that had formed at school and stuff, um, mm-hmm. but nothing, nothing really seriously. And then my singing teacher at the time was like, look, I'm doing a gig at the Clooney, which is an amazing venue in Newcastle. It definitely should go at some point. Um, um, if you ever find yourself in the north, <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try to get to the north of England anytime <laughs> um, soon. I- <laughs> but um, she, you know, she was like, I'm, I'm doing a gig and I want you to support me. Um, but you have to do all original material. Um, and that was the first time that someone had been like, right, you've got a deadline and you've got to write music and it's got to be all original. And wow. so I had, I had about, I think I had like two and a half weeks to do like a half hour set of original material. Oh, and uh, <laughs> the, the stuff that came out was there was, you know, some of it was all right. Some of it was absolutely awful, but, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I had to do it. I did it. I proved to myself that I could do it. And it was just me at the piano, by the way, I was just accompanying myself at the piano. Mm. Um, and kind of from then I was just like, right, well, that's it. This is, this is what's happening now um and then I, I just continued in that vein just kind of gigging solo at the piano and uh, writing material at the piano it was very much solo singer songwriter focused um and then I moved how on long to, how long ago was that um so at the age of 15 so it was seven years ago now yeah um wow. and then um uh, then I moved on to London um aged 18 I went to Goldsmiths to study popular music. Um, And that was an extremely formative time for me because it kind of took me out of the naivety of being this, um, you know, singer-songwriter at the piano from Newcastle. The scene was so encouraging and vibrant in Newcastle, but there actually wasn't a lot of people like me there. Um, Mm -hmm. It was very, like, male-dominated. It was very um, kind of rock band-dominated. And... So I kind of came to London being like, oh, well, I know exactly what I want. Like, this is me. I'm, I'm sorted kind of thing. Um, and Goldsmiths kind of, and they did this to everyone. They like took you in and were like, you think you're this, but actually we're going to like shake you up and spit you out the other side. Um, and kind of just challenge you on every single, every single part. Um, so, you know, they really pushed me to kind of, uh, you know, in arrangement wise and working with other musicians and in my songwriting, they were so encouraging, but all they wanted was you to just question and challenge at every point, um, which at the time felt like quite, quite a lot, like, you know, extremely challenging, especially for like a young, a young woman just moving to London, not really knowing what she wants and then being challenged on every aspect of her music. Yeah. It, right. it, it was quite like rigorous, but I am so thankful for that because when I graduated from Goldsmiths, um, it was, I was able to look back on it and be like, wow, I really went from A to B. Um, 
and it wasn't a straight you know it wasn't a straight journey but thank god for the journey because because then i was um i you know i got a band around me in that time i started performing with brass and a drummer and um experimenting with like synths and and vocal sounds vocal processing and so everything just became a little more uh interesting to me and as these worlds became more accessible the idea of um you know working in production and working on arrangements instead of just the music and lyrics became really exciting to me um and you know since since graduating which was two years ago now maybe Mm. three um i have just kind of continued to to delve in that um on that path really amazing yeah. yeah, so cool. I, I have a, I feel like I have a, a bit of a similar experience sort of growing up. I, both Brian and I grew up in um, a relatively medium, like small town in, in Wisconsin and um, started really young, wrote some absolutely atrocious songs when you were <laughs> like 15, 16. Gotta get them out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got to get a bunch of bad songs out before we can write yeah. good ones, right? You know, and yeah. then every once in a while we like strike gold when we're 17. We're like, what was that song? Oh my gosh, that was actually good. Um, but, uh, you know, I ended up going to Berkeley in Boston and that was very much the same thing mm-hmm. where I went being like, Oh, I'm this, you know, I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. and I, I know what I want to be. And then sort of suddenly getting hit over the head with all this stuff that yeah. I didn't even know was out there that I didn't even understand. And then being like, Oh, Oh, then there's this, but then also there's this, and this, mm-hmm. and this, um, and such a, a, a beautiful sort of, process to go through you know finding Mm -hmm. all these new um all these new uh experiences and uh, musical languages that Mm -hmm. we can sort of dive into um that's that's really cool that you you know that you were able to have that experience um yeah absolutely i I, I I feel like yeah yeah. i I feel like if I, i just wish that i'd been a bit more kind of open to it Mm-hmm. At, at the time you know I mean obviously we always think in hindsight but yeah. I now say to anybody about to you know that age about to embark on something like that just be open because it's so liberating once you accept that you don't know everything <laughs> it's, it's right. honestly so liberating to just you know own your mistakes and and understand that there's just so much for you to learn and no one's expecting you to to be the the finished product, um, yeah. but you know, I, I think that's something that comes with maybe the industry is is the idea that you have to be this kind of finished product at a young age, um, mm-hmm. and as soon as you let go of that idea, it's honestly so liberating. It, yeah, it's a, it, it seems like there's a lot of uh, pressure to sort of like be excellent on all of those fronts mm-hmm. all at once. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think what you're saying about it, like that needing to be something that you have all figured out uh, younger and younger, you know, this seems wild because I feel like I'm, I'm 33 and I'm still trying to figure out how to, <laughs> how to like <laughs> how to? <laughs> accept my failures and like yeah. learn from my mistakes and not get down on myself for, oh, that didn't work out quite as well as that one thing I did once where did how did i screw up what it you know like the that idea of it's a 
it's a journey always, yeah. you yeah. know, and you're never going to be that vision of yourself that you think that you've had forever is like, oh, that's that perfect version of me. Or in my mind, it's always been like, oh, when I, that's that, I, I need that Bjork version, right? There's a Bjork <laughs> version of me. And then there's what I actually make. And then I write a song like Rose Colored and I'm like, ah, this just feels good. Yeah. It doesn't I mean, feel it, like I'm Bjork, but it just feels yeah. good. And then, like learning to trust your own language over like this, some idealized version that you think you should be achieving at a certain point, like artistically. Yeah, uh, it's all wrapped up in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's loving the process, right? Like we yeah. need to learn yeah. to love the process. And that's really what I found with this, with working on this track, as I adored the process. Mm. Um, and to be honest, since actually working on this track, um, it's it's opened up like a whole plethora of ways to work that I'd never really thought about before um, and taking time over things and um, yeah just just kind of experimenting and not being worried about about the end product until you have a deadline you know? <laughs> <laughs> well then the deadline can be helpful too right it's like a bounce yeah. all of a sudden you're like oh, okay time to just call shit done you know it's yeah to, trying to absolutely. finish you know i mean yeah. um uh, which is also helpful sometimes you know mm-hmm. um i'm curious as to what um i want to talk about uh the kind of the role that you've just um undertaken in the what is it called the ivors the oh, the Ivers, Ivers Academy. Ivers. Yeah. So it, can you tell us a little bit about this? Because uh, being from the U.S., it's not something that I've really heard too much about until I got into the, like the video game score world, because I know that they have oh, awards yeah. in the, for the Ivers as well. But um, can you tell us a little bit about what that is and then kind of your part that you've sort of started it, uh, just yeah. recently? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the Ivers Academy, it used to be Basque which is the British Association of Songwriters Composers Awards. Okay. Um, and so that, you know, that's been going on for like 75 years, I think, mm-hmm. even, maybe even longer. Um, and so they recently rebranded as the Ivers Academy because their awards that they give out are called the Ivor Novellos. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a board that kind of champions music creators. So it mm-hmm. kind of fights for the well-being of music creators um, across the UK. And so one of their main campaigns at the minute is uh, fixed streaming, uh, which is all about, you know, making streaming a, a more viable career option um, mm. for artists because uh, we don't get much as it stands. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, they, they really kind of just look out for music creators. Um, and this year they decided they uh, wanted to have more representation uh, of young musicians um, and launch a, a youth network and really get uh, young people's opinions on board because, uh, and they say this themselves, but uh, Basker and Ivers has kind of been a bit of an old boys club for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they themselves, the old boys really want to shake it up, which is good. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I went through, I, I applied to be on their, the youth council and then uh they said there's actually a, a vacancy on the board if you'd like to apply for that um and so i did and then i had an interview um, and then i got the position which was really amazing because I'd, i kind of it came at a really um a really interesting point in my career in my life where 
I was kind of juggling a few things. Um, I, I had, you know, I work in a bar to kind of sustain my life in London. Mm -hmm. And I was starting to feel like the bar was kind of taking over a bit more of my life than I wanted it to. Mm. Um, and so I, I was feeling like a bartender and not a musician when that's not the reason I moved down here. That's not the reason that, you know, I'm even working at the bar. It's to sustain yeah. my career as a musician. So, um, it was amazing for that to come about at that time where I was starting to feel a little bit bogged down by all that. Um, and, you know, it, it just validated my, uh, my ideas and my opinions about what young musicians need. Um, so yeah, it was a very, it was a personal plus, uh, for me, I was very happy about it. And so amazing. since, since getting the position, um, I've, I've started to uh, co-chair the youth council with, the another, woman called hope and um it's in early days but we've got a lot of plans um there's a lot about the music industry in the uk that i am not happy with um mm. and there's a lot that can be changed um so really that's that's the plan <laughs> can, can you speak on some of those things some of the things that uh, sure. kind of that you guys have planned or things that you're not happy with that you're hoping to address moving sure. forward so there's there's issues of diversity within the academy itself, mm. um, uh, which I'm really happy that they, you know, that there is a conversation about that. People are aware of it in the academy. There's no one um, against that. So we're working to to diversify as quickly as possible, really, because it's mm. just, you know, ridiculous that it's not. Um, and introducing genres into the academy like grime and rap, which are, are huge genres in the uk and shouldn't be you know ignored at all um so that's the kind of next aim for me is getting in um strong working committees within the ivers that focus on those uh genres and the young musicians that make up those genres yeah um, and then also i'm part of the equality diversity and inclusion board um and i'm on the disability task force which is just wanting to you know, raise awareness of, firstly, raise awareness of disabled musicians, but also kind of encourage um, people with disability to have a career in music, to present music as a viable career option for these people that perhaps don't feel like they're represented and it's not for them. Mm. Um, so that's kind of the, the key thing really is to ensure, and it's, you know, with diversity as well, it all comes under that bracket it's right. it's the representation really that needs to be there it's the encouragement you know you talked about moving to london for like your music career and everything and um just listening to you the last four or five minutes talk about the ivers um i can sense and you know it's a it's a very um honorable thing that you're doing and i can sense that you have passion for it um how do how do you think that that all fits in right now for you of like are you trying to work a balance so that it won't become something like your bartender job where oh I'm suddenly focusing more of my attention on this or are you okay with that yeah i mean it's it's definitely crossed my mind but <laughs> um, but yeah. i feel like they go more and more hand in hand you know um yeah for sure and the people that i meet through doing this line of work is has already been so incredible and so inspiring and um, you know just having a 
we've only had one meeting as a youth council, but it was actually so incredible to see a sea of impassioned faces really wanting to make it a good place for us as young musicians. Mm. Um, yeah. And so I feel like, yeah, like I said, they kind of go hand in hand. One, one impassions the other, um, which, which has just been so incredible. Um, like I said, it's early days, but it's, it's rewarding work. Um, and I mean, I feel like selfishly I'm working towards a better industry for myself. So, right. um, yeah, yeah, so, exactly. You know, fingers crossed let's take self-doubt a little bit more granular and like when you're working on a project, when you're working on a song, I feel that this happens to every single artist out there. What do you, do you have a go-to method? Do you push through it? Do you close it up for the day? Do you, uh, you know, play a Coldplay cover? <laughs> what do you, uh, what do you do? What's your personal uh, method for it's going actually, through it? It's, it's funny you, it's funny you say it play a Coldplay cover because I don't play a Coldplay cover but I definitely stop and play a cover oh really (laughs) I do yeah like not always but I do find it a really good way of just switching switching off or like switching your mind to something else you're still like creating you're still playing you're still exercising that muscle but you don't have to be anxious about the lyrics or the music because it's not yours for sure Um, and you know that that was actually quite helpful when doing doing this rework was that I had, you know, usually I get so anxious about whether I'm getting the message across or whether the lyrics are good or the melody is good. And because that was already sorted for me, <laughs> I was actually like, yeah. you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty fine. Um, but yeah, I think kind of switching off um, is probably my go-to. I don't know if that's the best thing, but you know, I just well, kind of- it doesn't get it doesn't get easier. I don't think. <laughs> it's just no. like you end up you end up just changing your methods and everything yeah I mean I it's funny kind of comparing my methods to some of my friends because I I really am reluctant to share stuff until I'm like 100% well I'm never 100% happy yeah. but in, until I you know it's finished <laughs> to a point where to, to be honest it's like done and mastered there's nothing they can say and I'm just gonna share it to them um Whereas, yeah. you know, a lot of my friends share their music with me um, in the real early stages. And that to them is like their way of getting over their self-doubt because I'm going to say, this is great. Or, you know, this mm-hmm. is great. Maybe you should try this. And so it's kind of like a, a, it's validating the process. And I think that's actually probably a better way to go about it because then you're kind of not putting so much weight on on it being done and amazing and and your friends being completely wowed by it you're taking that pressure off Mm -hmm. and you're actually letting other people in um and taking the criticism taking the advice when you can change it as opposed to you know just finishing it on your own and then being like you you can't critique it because it's mastered so (laughs) right 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 it's done it's done (laughs) yeah um that's interesting i'm I'm definitely in the same camp as you uh uh for sharing things and i think generally as far as foreign fields goes i mean we've we've sort of implemented a um since take cover really we implemented a no one hears anything until it's absolutely done like no no one no one like we don't play it for our partners or you know no one on at communion gets to hear a record till the record is done you know uh 
and you know it's it's all it's it's interesting because we all have different methods Mm -hmm. right of of working through that i mean we've done a few of these now and no one has said i play a cover (laughs) you know but that's such an interesting way to um it is such an interesting way to like break out of things i remember hearing that advice as well in in school it was like hey if you're struggling to write a song go play one of a song that you think is amazing and then break it down and see that it's not magic it's just you know it's four chords Mm -hmm. and a melody you know or something um it might be so much easier than you might be so much more simple than you're making it Mm -hmm. out to be for your own stuff but yeah we i feel like there's so many different avenues to to try and get over that. Do you have um, Do you have somebody that you know? Because Eric just kind of touched on what what has worked for foreign fields the last couple of years. We have each other to bounce demos off mm-hmm. of right. off of you know back and forth. Do you have somebody like that in your life, or do you really just keep it all all inside until um, it's released? Basically, I mean, usually, so. Like I said, this um, producing and mixing myself was like new territory. So I've worked with producers before, um, and we, in that sense, I, I love having someone else there to like bounce yeah. ideas off and to translate my ideas and to you know, kind of see if the track is on the on the right path. Um, that's been really beneficial. Um, it's only been recently that I've really kind of let go of demos and sent them to my best friend, my boyfriend, my manager, send them when they are in the early stages and just get that kind of instant feedback. Right. And then that, then I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm on the right path and then I can continue. But that's only really been happening recently and was inspired by, you know, my best friend does that all the time, sends me, little snippets, little voice memos all the time. And they're always mm. fantastic. And I always say, and then, you know, and then he's like, great, I'm going to continue with this. Um, I think the reason that I didn't for, for such a long time was probably because I put such a, such an emotional weight on the tracks, which I think is a good thing, mm. but can really be to my detriment sometimes if I just, if I've put so much um, energy, emotional energy into a track that I can't get out of it. I can't like see it for it being a song that other people are going to enjoy. I see it for this thing that I've created and it can't change because that's what came out of me. So it must stay like that, you know? Yeah. It, it's kind of, mm. and because I kind of, I'm living a life of latency a little bit at the minute where I have written some songs a long time ago and I'm kind of just putting them out now and it happened with the first release that I did I actually wrote those songs when I was a lot younger um, and so that process for me was quite difficult because I was working with the producer on them but the songs to me were so finished that it was hard to to break them apart and maybe give them a new life um, mm. and so I think the more I'm letting go of these old songs and the more new songs I'm writing with this new mindset, the easier it's becoming. If that makes sense. And it, it's, it sounds, you know, very much like you are like, as we were kind of talking about at the beginning on that journey 
Um, I'm curious as to where you see that journey taking you, you know, in the next five years, the next 10 years, where would you love to see the Imogen project, you know, moving into the future? Um, well, I mean, coronavirus might have completely snuffed this, but I really, <laughs> I really want to, uh, <laughs> I, I just really want to, um, want to showcase this band. Um, I'm really, really proud of, uh, where I'm at with this project and I really want to take the boys out on the road. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just so, I'm so kind of enthused for, for the future because I, I know in what kind of parameters I want to work, but I'm also really aware that they can shift and I'm aware that it's a process. And I think it's only really been recently that I've come to terms with that being a, a sort of liberation rather than, um, you know, like a terrifying abyss. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> I am really happy with the music I'm, I've just made, really happy with the music I'm making. And mm. I think that's come with really just opening myself up and kind of growing with it. Um, you know, I've said like quite a few times, but the minute I kind of let go of this kind of control that I needed over, over my music, that's the minute that everything came a little bit easier. I was able to go into a rehearsal room and be like, I've got this loop and these lyrics and, you know, and this vibe, like Jack, who's my trumpeter, who's incredible. Like you did just improvise on this key. And he's like, okay. And then he does it. And then, you know, it's just great to be working with people who are, uh, you know, in many ways, better musicians than you and can bring um, their skills to the table. And, you know, you can kind of develop that way rather than staying in your little. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> but yeah it's yeah. yeah. I'm just, I think since finding that, you know, listening to the the idea that it's it's a journey and a process, and you you know don't have to contain it. Um, I think that's made me excited for the future. Yeah, for sure. Is, is that a good answer? I don't it's know perfect. where I'm going to be in five years. Someone <laughs> said five years ago. You know, everyone used to talk about 2020 vision in five years, and I don't think anyone thought we were going to be here. Yeah, <laughs> so. right. Exactly. <laughs> um, you've you've mentioned that you don't have an album i think you have like a four or five song ep right yeah yeah so i have a i have an ep and i have a um a single as well yeah and i'm currently sitting on an ep which should be released nice. soon <laughs> um but soon. soon dot 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 but uh i'm i'm really excited for this music to come out i've been sitting on it for quite a while but it's it's really kind of a like I said, it's like a different world entirely, but also kind of a progression from what I've already set out. Um, so I'll be yeah. I'll be interested to see the the response to it. But um, yeah, it's a lot it's a lot angrier than my than the stuff I have out so far. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. Uh, do you feel um, and just uh, off of doing this track, uh, knowing that you kind of worked through this whole piece from start to finish do you feel like you're looking to do a lot more of that kind of moving in the future yeah. producing 
your own stuff or even producing other artists or do you feel like uh how much of that do you feel like you're gonna that you're looking to kind of get into i mean this definitely opened a few doors um i because i kind of did this at the beginning of of lockdown it then inspired Mm. me to just continue doing stuff like this throughout lockdown so i currently have a ton of demos um that i've you know produced myself um to a standard which i'm really quite happy with um i mean i i do love collabing and i love working with producers Mm. and kind of accessing a world that maybe i can't quite yet access myself um Mm. but this has definitely you know inspired me to go down that route um and also it, it kind of made me um lose this idea of like oh well i don't have the equipment and i don't have a studio so i just can't do it like i i did this with like an like i said an sm58 <laughs> and you know mm-hmm. the presets and logic you know manipulated to you know beyond whatever um it was really like a rudimentary setup that i managed to kind of claim and um, and so yeah, yeah it was quite an exp- inspiring process I love that. I know Brian is a huge um, advocate for like not needing all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always been it's always been a dream of mine. Uh, so when you see us live, you'll 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 come up afterwards and be like, "So did you do it?" But <laughs> it's always been a dream of mine to come on stage with like the most beautiful like. Uh, blackface, Fender, 65, amp, whatever. I, you know, some sort of model that like is $10,000. <laughs> but take the, take the speaker out and put in like a really terrible like $50 <laughs> Ibanez 10 watt amp and just see how many like gearheads come up to me afterwards and are like, wow, man, your guitar tone was just <laughs> unbelievable yeah. tonight. Yeah. I just love Brian that. Has a, Brian has a vendetta against like <laughs> the, the gearheads of Nashville. I feel like there's a full oh, on like oh, yeah. war, personal war against like. <laughs> I have to expose yeah, them of, somehow. Like, tone and shit. Yeah, I mean, I have my own personal vendetta against gearheads, but I think it's just... I, you know, I mean, I think for me, really, it's like, it's such a, um, it's, it's quite like a male thing. And so I'm often yeah. not included in those conversations. And so I kind of, I kind of just use that to my advantage, really. I don't want to be included in those conversations. So you know, I'm like, <laughs> the over to you. Yeah, you carry on with that. I'm just gonna, you know, go produce yep. something. <laughs> and yet, you know, yet at the end of the day, like we pick up a old Gibson acoustic guitar or something and it's like, oh man, this feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if it feels good, it feels good. Yeah. I feel like in in the thing that I've found is that I don't of all the sort of people that I've talked to that are really just like working in music, like successfully working in music, none of those people give a shit. Yeah. Right? It's always like it's always some some dude like with most elaborate setup in his basement, um, <laughs> you know, but it's never like, I feel like any person that I know in like composing in the video game space or film and TV, I feel like most of the time they're always just like banging on pieces of metal and stuff. Like it's, <laughs> there, there's never like this uh, for someone who's actually like really successful mm-hmm. in what they're doing. 
they don't really care as long as it sort of gets the yeah. job done, right? That's, that's the yeah, thing. Absolutely. If you have a lot of time to think about and and uh, obsess over the gear, you're probably not working <laughs> enough. <laughs> Add second. Oh, cool. Well, I we don't want to take up too much of your time here, um, and we, we really appreciate you jumping on oh, and, and, and chatting. Um, it's been lovely to talk to you and sort of uh, get your perspective on on the song and and just how and just everything and the things you're up to. Um, we always sort of end on a a specific question uh, for everyone because uh, <laughs> these conversations tend to be super music focused. Yeah. Right and and granular and really gets in the creative process. Um, but I'm wondering if you have any um, outside of music, any creative outlets, um, anything from like cooking. Some people like cook or crafting or anything like that. Do you have any uh, anything that you can turn to outside of music when music's just you know kicking you in the butt um, to do to as like a creative outlet? Yeah, I mean I'm not brilliant at it but I love to paint um mm. and I feel like it's it's a real switch off um and so yeah. yeah I love to paint and what do you what do you like painting um so I usually use watercolors um mm. and I'll either you know you know draw something and paint it or I'll or I'll just just paint and there's no real yeah direction to it um and i think that's that's probably what's so nice about it is that there's n there's not a pressure there isn't an end goal and there's not a um a kind of box that has to fit in it doesn't have to be a certain way or give a certain message and it's for no one else but me um which mm, yeah you know it's, it's kind of tapping back into what music used to be for me when i was younger and why i got into it i never really did it for anyone else um so it's quite nice to to kind of tap back into it into that feeling yeah absolutely i think it's so important to have something just something that you do just to do right um, yeah absolutely just for this sheer joy of it yeah. uh well well cool uh thank you again so much thank you um, so much so i i know you said that you had an EP coming out, but it's a question mark as to when. <laughs> I'm wondering just before we, we pop off here, if you have, there's anything sort of upcoming or that, that uh, you want to sort of mention or anything you want to plug, you know, before we uh, wrap it there up. There are things in the mix. <laughs> I think that's all I'm, that's all I'm permitted <laughs> to say right now, unfortunately. Um, so keep an eye yeah, on the, the social Keep an eye. Yeah. Um, there's this stuff to come for sure. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. We are personally excited about that. Yeah. Thank you so and much. I know it's been a few, and I can't wait to hear uh, the sound of the new EP and beyond. Thank you so much. I'm really excited. About it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, Peace, guys. See you later. Bye. <laughs>